Tom Parry. Matt Boyle. I've got a confession to make. Have you now? Well, I do, technically I have two. Um, one is apologies to podcast listeners. I may have heard me slag off Prince in the past. Prince is actually very good. I take it back. I take everything back. But that's not what I want to get off my chest, Tom. Right. I've been committing book crimes. Have you now? I have. I I took an unsuspecting new book, took it into the bathroom. I applied a hairdryer and I literally pulled it apart by its seams. Oh, well, what was your reason for doing that, Matthew? Well, Tom Parry is something that we're going to talk about on this podcast this week. It's called Tom Matt Attack. Yeah, so, so now, I... now, Matthew, before you continue with your story, <coughs> yeah, we're now a book podcast. Um, well, if you remember back to um, the hazy, crazy days of last week, I did mention that I was going to talk about something that is kind of a game, but kind of not a game, and therefore, you know, more so it, yeah. suited to the, the depths of this podcast. It's game-related. So, yes. Not that, not that we're always game-related, so... No, exactly. I mean, we're usually game adjacent. I mean, (laughs) I believe that there is crossover between the animes and um, the movies and um, everything else. I mean, The Last of Us goes to show that. Yeah. As does the cyberpunk anime, which, you know, we've got a lot of mileage out of. No, Tom, what I've done literally before we started recording this podcast, um, so I'm embarking on this new adventure right here, right now, is um, I, I was... I purchased a book um, at the start of the year at the recommendation of one of our friends um, who said, hey, I think you're the only person I know who's crazy enough to try and do this. And I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. Um, and it, it, it is a thing called Kane's Jawbone. I don't know if you've heard of this. I have not. Um, Please enlighten me. It It is... I will show you the front cover. It is essentially described on the front cover as the world's most fiendishly difficult literary puzzle. Um, the back says, six murders, 100 pages, millions of possible combinations, but only one is correct. Can you solve uh, Talk Matters murder mystery? In 1934, the Observer's cryptic crossword compiler, Edward Powis Mathers, a.k.a. Talk Matter, released a novel that was simultaneously a murder mystery and a fiendishly difficult literary puzzle ever written. The pages have been printed in entirely haphazard order, but it is possible through logic and intellectual reading to sort them out into the correct order, revealing the murder six murder victims and their respective murderers. Matthew. Only three puzzlers have ever solved this mystery of Cain's jawbone. Do you have what it takes to join their ranks? Wow. So, this... Yeah, yeah. Now you see why I'm into this, and now you. Understand well, I do, why but is... I mean, it sounds like it's going to be quite the challenge. Yes, um, and is this a good use of your time? Tom Parry is anything a good use of anyone's time? Let's be totally honest with ourselves. Um, 
so generally speaking, what this book is, is, as I've mentioned, it is a murder mystery um, that is constructed by a crossword compiler in the 1930s. It was released as part of a, a thing called the Torquemada Puzzle Book. And there is a, a preface within this thing that essentially says, like, oh, this book, you know, it was printed out of order. Oh, no, the, the, we have to put it back in order and then mm. solve all these other things. Um, but essentially what happened was this puzzle was, like, rediscovered by a a literary museum, I believe, somewhere in the south of England um, that is... I believe it's a literary museum for... Oh, what's his name? Something Shandy. Tristan Shandy, is that his name? I'm, I'm, no, I'm not familiar. Um. Anyway, there is a there's a very famous um, English writer of novels and stuff who is very, like, cryptic in his writing and there's lots of interpretations. And someone yeah, I, I know them. Bass Shandy, but I don't know... Uh... No, um, <laughs> not that, it's not that kind of Shandy. There's no Sprite and beer involved. Um, and essentially what happened was they got this book and they tried to contract the Telegraph then and say, like, hey, have you got the puzzle for this thing? And it turns out that this incredible puzzle that had only ever been solved apparently by two readers of the Telegraph back in the 1930s had perhaps been lost to time. And so the people who run this museum set about solving it themselves came up with the solution that they thought contacted the relatives of the people who'd originally solved the puzzle to confirm that it was the correct answer yeah and then republished this book and so what was supposed to happen was everyone was supposed to submit their answers to this um at the end of 2022 december 31st and if anyone were to crack it they would receive 250 pounds slash 350 dollars as a reward mm -hmm. wow then yeah. what I believe happened is a it was in the glass onion, um, as a as a little Easter egg that is on the floor of um, Daniel Craig's character as if he's just solved it because he's a literary and mm, amazing mm, detective nice. and he's just solved it while he's in the bar. Nice touch. Yeah, I thought it was good, but because of that, it took off as a bit of a TikTok trend, um, right. and so there is now millions of people trying to do this puzzle. And so much so on, because obviously The Glass Onion was only released in December, the publishers, who were called Unbound, said, oh, okay, um, right, we're not going to give everyone £250, because I think they saw the potential numbers of people who'd be interested in this skyrocket. But what they've said is they're going to open this puzzle up uh, now until December 31st, 2023. Mm. So there is another year to solve this puzzle. And there is a little answer sheet in there which, like, asks not only f for you to, like, order the pages in the correct way, but to also solve the murderers and identify who those things are. In order to do that, you, of course, need to take this nice paperback book and commit unspeakable acts to it. They don't make I, it easy for you. They don't have like tear out pages or. I mean, they have like little cutty perforated. bits on the thing. But oh I mean, no way! I'm, really? I'm I'm not a monster, Tom Parry. What I did was I I took the book, I heated the spine with a hairdryer, yeah. slowly peeled it back, fall out, and then pretty much like once it was away from the cover, I heated the hairdryer again and slowly peeled up the the binding glue. So I have these hundred pages now. Well, like that's the that's the way to do it. Does it recommend it you do it like that, or doesn't it no, even suggest it just, that? I no, mean, it just, just, it just says scissors. like you need to put them in the right order. Yeah, mm. and like the only indication in the book itself is there's like a little 
cutty line, but obviously mm. he was going to try and do that, you're going to end up with very uneven pages and they won't be aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> so I, to your point at the start, right, is this a good use of my time? Probably not. I... But we I all like a challenge. We all can, well, yeah. yeah, we all challenge ourselves. That's why we play video games. That's why we, we do puzzles. Um, cerebral, you know, it's good to flex your brain muscles, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, to, to draw it back into video game terms, it's the Dark Solar books, Tom. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I must conquer it. I must literally yeah. undo it, break myself in the process, and hopefully I'll come up with an answer to six murders and page but orders. It, it's exactly your th- It's just your thing, Matt. It's, it it's is. very Matt Boyle. It is very mad. I wish um, you well. <laughs> though you know, I am very sad that uh, the paperback police are probably going to come knock on my door, and I'm never going to get into librarian heaven. But I have. You did what needs apart. to be done. Um, I will, you know, attempt to solve it. Yeah. I after I'd purchased the book, I was sent a picture um, of like a compilation of people on TikTok who were trying to solve the puzzle, and. You know that Charlie Day image from It's Always Sunny where he's like in front of a big billboard and there's paper and red threads going across as if he's solving a crime. People have taken it to that level. I don't know if I'm going to go there, but I have been advised to like download a PDF of a 1932 Oxford Dictionary. Um (laughs) have been given, like, cryptic crossword clue-solving tips, and I've been undertaking yeah. an app all week to try and get better yeah. at cryptic crosswords, because apparently I'm going to need it. Well, my, my gran would help you out there. She's, she's quite good at cryptic crosswords. My dad's really good at cryptic crosswords <laughs> for some reason as well. I don't understand it, and so I'm like, right, cool. I've been, you know, subconsciously hearing about cryptic crosswords all it's my life. It's quite a skill. It's quite a skill to... Um... Get your head around them, and you have to know how the um, compiler is thinking, don't you? How yeah, whoever's put that together, hundred percent. It's it's very unique based on whoever's put it together. Yeah, yeah, and just also just like things that you wouldn't necessarily know of, like ri- like river names and stuff. Mm. Get ready for anagrams. Oh yeah, no, I am a hundred percent ready for anagrams. I'm also, I'm also just really like in love with a literary wordplay mm. of some clues that essentially are just double meanings. Yeah. And so what I, I had one in a cryptic crossword earlier that was um, quick diet. Yeah. Four, four letters. Go on. Fast. Oh, beautiful. I was just like, that, oh, that. look at golf clap for yeah. whoever put this clue together. That's, that's a thing of beauty. When you when you start getting into like sandwiches, which are words that you need to put inside yeah. other words, and like yeah. I said, knowing bloody the river Ire and all of these other things, and that you should shorten royalty to K for king and okay. all of this stuff, that that seems like it is going to take some time to embed that knowledge inside myself. Did you? Uh... Speaking of cryptic crosswords, did you ever see the Inside Number Nine episode, Riddle of the... Th- 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 I can't say it, Sphinx? Yes, maybe. That was a good one uh, um, about a cryptic crossword uh, creator. I am i can't remember if I do. The only episode of um, Inside Number Nine that I really, really remember is the one where they're all hiding in the cupboard. Okay, that's the first one. 
I think. Yeah, I, I think I think I watched the first sardines, season of you on DVD. Yeah, 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 sardines. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. It seemed very. There's very been good. many many great seasons. episodes since. Yeah, just to drop a bit of TV in there as well. <sighs> I can't I can't watch BBC stuff here in Denmark. Not oh, easily, yeah. anyways. Hey ho, Tom. Anyways, Hey-ho. what do yeah, you know? Yeah, so that's <laughs> not a lot about cryptic crosswords or the order of these pages, but you know. I will. I will be dabbling with this in the background. I will announce. Well, give us an update. If that yeah, comes to that. But <laughs> keep like, us I will also for people who are like, oh no, um, I will not reveal spoilers to it. I will just give perhaps once a month, you know, which is yeah. at the moment, admittedly, probably the frequency we do this podcast. A little like, yeah, I think I've got some pages in order, or I'm terribly lost. Well, you know, you, you, you say like that, this. but this is two weeks in a row, so you know. I mean, yeah, we're we're in good stride for 2023, but who knows, Tom? Who knows what curveballs? Yeah, we'll not make any throw. any promises there. Uh, interesting that it'll take you around about a year. That's um, compared to how long it took me to complete complete Tomb Raider. I think yeah. That's, uh, well, I mean, let's be fair, Tom. It took you a couple of years to complete Tomb Raider. I think it took me more than a couple. Of years. I mean, we've been doing this podcast now, going on nine years, I think. He was on the first episode, and I think it was at least around two hundred and something where you finally I, like completed it. I did it start it again. I did start. Yeah, it again. Um, but this is the the um, what would you say? What do you call it? It's not a remake. It's a um, reimagining that came that that yes. one that's called Tomb Raider. That's yes. not Tomb Raider yeah. one. <laughs> the reboot of the Tomb Raider yeah. franchise. If you haven't listened to like every episode of Tom Man Attack, you might not know uh, anything about that. No. I can't even complete Klonoa. I, I never got back to it, I'm afraid. Uh, and now I, I don't have my PS5 at hand, so I haven't been able to uh, continue with that. But I'm still trying to complete Halo 3, so I'll get there one day. Okay. That's good. <laughs> well, I, I started it, it on the Xbox One, and then I haven't got cloud saves going at the minute. So when I was here the other night, I was like playing, um, playing it again. And I, I found out where I got up to last time I played it on my 360. And uh, for anyone who remembers, it's that mission where you uh, were in a warthog um, for, yeah, probably it's more than one. I was going <laughs> to say, you're going to need a little bit more than that. You start off, um, it's going to go bridges, broken bridges and you have to get to a destination. There's those um, enemies on motorbikes with big wheels. Oh, I think I know the one you're talking about where you're going through like a big open environment yeah I, yeah then... I, I mean it's like it's like mission five or something on halo 3 is, it, is that the one with the scorpion tanks yes yeah yeah i know the one you're talking yeah, about yeah 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 so i'd actually done that on the xbox uh one on, on the mass chief collection not so long ago but seeing that i'm here with the 360 i was reverted back to my old save like, from years and years ago so you see this is why i don't complete games i start them on one console and then continue on another console at different stages and <laughs> I mean, the wonderful irony to that, though, is that you have the ability, theoretically, to have cloud saves. And you're just I do, not but them. I haven't got them set up. There's something weird, because now I'm on a different Xbox um, 360. Even though I've got the same old hard drive from the old 360 that broke, there seems to be some issue with cloud saves. So I I, I just avoid them <laughs> to avoid confusion. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But I have been playing other things. I've been playing uh, Goldeneye. Uh, this is the yeah. re-release of GoldenEye. Um, not to be confused with the remaster, which uh, was leaked a few years ago. This is a, 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 a different thing entirely. And I think a lot it's, you know, um, a lot of people are very excited about this. Yes. 
no exaggeration to say. People wanted Goldeneye back. I just think it's a bit of a shame that it's not back in as good as it could have been. Which was yeah. if they'd have re-released, if they'd have got that remaster out there, I think people would have been very happy and would really have appreciated Goldeneye again. I don't think that this, uh, these two ports on the Xbox One and the um, what's it called, the the Switch, Switch um, yeah. do, do the game justice. It's perfectly playable on both formats, but there are some issues, and it just could have been so much better. You say some issues, um, mm. but so let me paint you a picture with words of how my experience of the GoldenEye release has been. I opened my email, um, I saw a big, like, GoldenEye's back, baby, email from Nintendo with, like, lots of gushing imagery of the Nintendo 64 box and everything else, and I was like, well, I'm not going to upgrade just for GoldenEye. As much as I like that game, I'm not going to do it. Cue me going to Twitter later that afternoon and just even the most abundant defenders of the Nintendo 64 emulation on the Nintendo Switch are all have their pitchforks out and usually are the people who are complaining when people are like, oh, it's only games. They're like, oh, no, they've ruined my childhood. If we talk about the Switch version then to to begin, I think what I've heard is people's biggest issue with it is how the controls are mapped. Yeah. But one thing it does right is it has a look inverted from the beginning, you oh, know, okay. which is which is how the game was originally. Yes, so you expect it, it to play that way. Um, I'll tell you what the Xbox One, version, <laughs> the Xbox version, is like in a moment. Uh, just just quick, it's it's you know the other way around. So that 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 immediately threw me off with the Xbox One. Right, going back going back to the um, the Switch one there. Uh, your your trigger your firing trigger is is on your left hand trigger, right? So your trigger finger is not your right finger if you're right handed. It's oh no, it's your left. Okay. Um and and I think there's a way to remap it while going to the switch settings and changing things there. But within the game, I couldn't find a way to remap the trigger to the right trigger. That's not problematic <laughs> for a start. Okay. So so you have to adjust. To um, firing with your your left finger, which is a bit weird. Um, it's otherwise it's not too bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought it, I didn't play as much of the um, Switch version, um, but it doesn't make use of both analog sticks on the Switch. It, it behaves very much like the N sixty four games. So that it's like an it's like GoldenEye was, whereas the Xbox version does go some way to sort of rectify that by giving you more, you know, looking around on the right. Right. On on the uh, Switch, uh, the right stick is the C buttons, basically. So with the C right. buttons on GoldenEye N64, you used to strafe. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Which you'd use a lot in multiplayer, especially, yeah. to just dodge, yeah, yeah, dodge yeah. things quickly. So that feels a bit odd, strafing with the stick. As opposed to C buttons, but you know, it's. Uh, I it's, I could I, I could live with that. I it's, understand why that went that way. Yeah, the yeah, L that makes sense. The, the, shooting the... on the L button still just <laughs> boggling my mind. It's a okay. bit odd, but apparently yeah. you can remap it if you go into the actual switch settings. But right. you, then then I think you change your settings across the board. Then if you're going into the consoles, control the settings. Say oh, for your no, uh, and then you're gonna have to. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent. Oh on that. no, really. 
anyway, GoldenEye's on the Switch. I can't comment on the multiplayer, how well that works or anything, but it's there. I didn't expect too much from the Switch version because I just expected it to be a port of the N64 game. Yeah, I, I mean, I did have a brief conversation on Friday night uh, with some friends of ours, and we were talking about how it would potentially be quite odd to play that game without the N64 controller. Mm. That's why I, I would think if you can get hold of one of those N64 controllers for Switch, yeah. that would be a much better experience. Unfortunately, they're always sold out. I think they're on sale for like five minutes, and then yeah. after that, nobody ever got one. So. Yeah, I, I would like one, actually. Like Of like all one. the controllers, I think it is perhaps the most unique Nintendo controller, and if I were to ever use those online services, I would kind of want that controller. I can't yeah, imagine yeah. playing Star Fox like Lilac was with a regular controller. It doesn't map to me. Like no, that's Nintendo right. or NES games, fine because you've got yeah. a you've got a D pad and you've got an A and a B button. That's fine, but like everything else feels a bit weird. And despite what some people say about the N sixty four controller, it's not a bad controller at all. I, I no, never I found like it weird. I, I've always found it fine. I think yeah. um, maybe if you were moving between PlayStation and N sixty four, maybe it was slightly confusing. I don't know. You, you no, were, weren't you? You had I, a PlayStation. I was. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I preferred the N64 controller to the PS1 controller for a long while until the well, DualShock came out, because I was like, I much prefer this analog stick to a D-pad. This yeah. feels better for playing 3D games. So it makes playing Goldeneye on the Switch a bit of a, a task, because ideally you want the N64 controller. You need the expansion pass. Yeah. You know, you might as well just play it on the blinking N64 at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Fair. Um, anyway, the Xbox version. Okay, so I'd hope for better things from the Xbox version. Having had played the leaked um, remaster, which I was very lucky enough to be able to, to try out through through a uh, twist of fate, um, I played through that game, enjoyed it immensely, thought, wow, you know, this is it. This is reminding me how good Goldeneye was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if only that version could have been released, because the 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 vid. I don't know why that that one wasn't released as opposed to this one. This one's been handled by Code Mystics. I don't know if they had anything to do with the previous one, but I feel that was more of an internal rare project. Um, mm -hmm. where, whereas this has been sourced out. First of all, you're going to notice, like the version on the the Switch, everything 2D is incredibly low resolution. So nothing's been done there, and you would have thought maybe if they're going to go in. And 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 and, and fiddle with it a bit as they've done with the controls and 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 it's widescreen and, well, and I all guess, these I guess, things. I guess the difference is they had to fiddle with the controls because, like, how do you map that odd controller to a modern day controller? Well, the the switch is a good example of that. Yeah, <laughs> what's happening on the switch? So initially, yeah, it feels off because the look isn't inverted. Immediately changed it. That that annoyed me. Also, how you can't. I try to play it like a regular first-person shooter to begin with. I something about yeah. holding the Xbox controller makes you want to play it like that. <laughs> but Goldeneye doesn't need to be played like that. There's auto aim. How yeah. the original game was designed, you you move and aim with one stick. Yeah, you run down a corridor, you empty an AK <laughs> that looks like a pencil, and you strafe. Yeah, that's but but to I get played. your your brain to do that with an Xbox controller is very. So initially, you, you are suddenly doing what you'd only usually do by holding down L and aiming with the sight 
on the N64. Yeah. You're doing that all the time. And <laughs> the game doesn't really feel built for that because it's so sensitive. You have to be so slight with your movements yeah. on that right stick to, to have that to do that sort of aiming. You do eventually sort of uh, get used to it, if that's how you want to play the game. Um, but that just feels weird. Okay. And yeah. I don't know if this was better in the um, remake, but it, it certainly didn't feel as odd as it did here, the first time playing this um, this version that's just been released. As part of Rare Replay, interestingly, um, which is strange. Yeah. It's not considered a standalone title. It's considered a part of Rare Replay. I wonder if that was always the intent, and perhaps that's why this is actually you know resurfacing now. Maybe they'd mm. already built that game into that version of it. Yeah, I haven't played it through Rare Replay yet. I just play it as a standalone thing on the Xbox. Yeah. So it's weird that it's connected to it because it can be played I, outside of it. And I mean, I, it's it's great for me as someone who has Rare Replay because I can literally just put that disc into my Xbox One well, now and play it that it, way. Will it, though? Yes, I, that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. It'll so it's just an update for Rare Replay yeah. as well, yeah. Cool. Well, I've been playing it on Game Pass. That's probably the most straightforward way to... Yeah. to have access to it um goldie i think is still a great game i think that the problem is these graphical sort of things as i said about the resolution of the text it, it's going to put some people off i think they're going to think oh yeah. god right the textures haven't quite been done as well as say say the um versions of torok and torok 2 that were done for the consoles and pc they're great examples of taking the um, N64 games and making them look pretty nice on um, wow. modern consoles. I don't think the same care has been taken to make Goldeneye look as nice as it could have been. No, I mean, I'm just looking at a screenshot of PS Brosnan and, like, obviously, my my the, my head canon of what Piers Brosnan looks like is like a melted version of Piers Brosnan. Like, well, yeah. If, if you get all close to any of the characters in yeah. the game, they don't look so good. It was fine on the N sixty four. Everything was a bit blurry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but at like least... looking at it now, sharply, you yeah. can kind of see the half measures they took yeah. because they didn't really have yeah. to have a hand grip a gun, and so no, like, no, everything no. feels very boxy. And everything is very square and, and yeah. boxy and but all and of those voxels have very like distinct edges because they're in higher def now and it feels a bit weird i think this is why goldeneye was a game that needed as well as having the option to play original version it needed a remaster yeah if any game needed a remaster it was goldeneye for for the modern audiences i think i would just take i would just take what they do with every single game boy re-release of just having like a filter to make it feel like you're on the original console so instead of like yeah. it looking you know black and white you'll always be able to pop like a green filter on top of it i want just blue i just want yeah. like the the someone smeared vaseline on the lens filter to make it just look like an old yeah usually N64 i quite game. like um how the n64 games look on the switch expansion pass for example because it, it sharpens everything up mario 64 looks quite nice i think but Goldeneye yeah. just, I think it's because it's not a bright, colourful game. It's sort of a, a muddy, sort of uh, real, more real, realistic looking game. Yeah. That it doesn't translate too well when it's sharpened up, perhaps. Uh, and the the thing that I really don't like is how when you're still, for example, or even just even when you're moving through the environment, things sort of don't join up like a PS1 game. You know, elements of the... Um, the environment, for example, yeah. you can see the seams 
where where things were were stick together and this was never apparent on the N64 maybe it's because of the blurriness or something but it probably this, this sharpness sort of really brings together how the, how everything stitched together um and also something that wasn't a thing on the N64 was how things sort of jitter slightly sometimes um yeah. even people's faces sort of like distort at times you know um okay well, you say like on statue when Trevelyan comes out, and and you know you, you, he's at a distance, but he's not like still. He's sort of like the jitter there. And sometimes oh. there's jitters on on the um, the scenery around you, shadows flicking, and and things like that. Little things. Um, all these things don't make the game unplayable, of course. Uh, it's still fun to play Goldeneye uh, and these new versions. Yeah. But it just knowing it could have been so much better, knowing there's even a version out there which you know irons out all the creases and gave yeah, you something that modernised Goldeneye, it just makes it more frustrating, I think. Because I'm a big fan of the game and I wanted to see it presented in its the best possible way. And sadly, yeah, these versions don't quite do that. But well, there you go. Goldeneye is still available to play for people who want to play it, but. Yeah, I, I wonder what new players now will make of the game because they might I not think, like it. I think <laughs> that new players will make of the game what new players necessarily should. That this was a very time and place thing, and it mm. hasn't potentially aged very well in like the lens of a modern shooter. And I think that's perhaps the weird thing that you're grappling with of your expectations of holding an Xbox controller are probably what new players are going to be faced with, right? They're going to be like, what Mm. the fuck is this? But then again, it was Final 360, so... Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, it had a bit of an an overhaul. But um, what something GoldenEye does... The missions missions are different than most first-person shooters. You know, there's objectives to do. This is what makes GoldenEye stand out, I think, a bit from other games. Right. If you know what if you know what I mean, you have several mission objectives. They change depending on what difficulty you're playing the game at. Yeah. It's not just going through shooting a load of people, like say Call of Duty, for instance. You do feel like James Bond. It does a good job of sort of making you feel like, oh yeah, I need to collect that. I need to copy that. I need to, you know, escape there and rescue this person. And you know, yeah, I, I really like that Golden Eye. Makes it a very unique prospect to play. Also, there's this. It's incredibly satisfying mowing down the guards in Goldeneye. The way the yes, bullets impact on them and the sound of it is is really satisfying. I I don't think that's in. I haven't played another first person shooter that felt exactly like that. So that's another great thing Goldeneye's got going for it. Also, the music we were just talking about before the podcast. Uh, Goldeneye has an yeah. excellent soundtrack. That's uh, it does. Yeah, very. Uh, fitting with the source material while still being its own thing, which is incredibly um, impressive, really. There's lots of great ideas in GoldenEye. And, uh, yeah, I I hope people enjoy it. And it doesn't... this These ports don't have a negative effect on its reputation. I mean, I don't think they will. I think, if anything, and like a lot of the backlash I've been seeing is that people are unhappy with the ports themselves rather than the mm. original game though i do think honestly like a lot of people haven't touched this game for a long time and perhaps they're just misremembering how how it was to play GoldenEye. admittedly from the sounds of things in with the switch in particular it doesn't really seem like the control scheme is helping there but no no 
I think it, there's it... these things that yeah uh, make it more difficult to enjoy. Goldeneye is an instantly playable game. You put these barriers in the way of you interacting with the game and enjoying it. Yeah, there's too many of these barriers in these ports that that might stop people just go, getting in there and enjoying it. I'm just I was just curious to see if like the cost of Goldeneye for the N64 had shot up, but apparently not. No, I think that's a very common game. Yeah, was, I know, but I mean, so is like Super Mario Land and Pokemon, and yet they sell for like 20, 30 quid each. Yeah, what what does happen there? Is it is it just the size of Pokemon? I mean, you, uh, Pokemon is more popular than James Bond. Yeah, but I mean, I I think there, there is a time and a place thing, isn't there? If you had an N64 at that time in your life, your chances are you probably played a lot of Goldeneye. I certainly did. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering if the the amount of people who were like, oh my god, the Switch version, hearing the Switch version wasn't very good, did kind of led to a resurgence of people trying to buy N64s, but it doesn't seem like it has at the moment, at least. No. If you run a retro game shop and you listen to this podcast, <laughs> let us know if people have been like, oh, give me that golden eye. That would be interesting information. I want to play Gold Knight's original blurry N64 version, please. Exactly. Give me, give I me wanna, a TV yeah. that only puts out 50 frames and let me run around this odd yeah. job and never get I shot. I want to play Gold Knight. Well, one thing these ports do is uh, I think they eliminate all the slowdown <laughs> in Gold Knight because you play that on N64. If there's an explosion, a ton of smoke fills the screen and the game runs at, what, two frames a second or whatever. Yeah. It's. Um, that's a that's a bonus. Yeah, I'm certainly going to be playing through the rest of it on the uh, Xbox and uh, yeah. Good. I mean, hopefully that will me mean that it. you don't die when you're trying to escape the train because you get slowed down when you're using the watch laser. That'll be. Good, <laughs> I imagine. I'm just looking forward to. Uh, well, I'm not looking forward to some of the more annoying levels, uh, like jungle, and I do oh, I do oh. find. Um, What's the one control room quite frustrating? I think control rooms all right. I think it's just a long mission. So many times it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also just trying to do it on like to get cheats. Was it like you had to beat it under a certain time without certain things happening? Like to to unlock certain characters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The only thing I've unlocked is DK mode for doing runway in like lesson control room. If I'm right in thinking, is like the second class mission. Um. Oh, I may. No, I'm thinking the facility. I think. Oh, right. Facility and... was very annoying to undo on Double O Agent to unlock the cheat there. Okay. I can't yeah. What yeah. You had to do. Yeah. I'm thinking of the one where you have to um, stand there and shoot all the guards in the main control room uh, before you do that final mission where um, you're on Cradle and you running after Sean Bean. Yep. Yeah. Funny games. Um. So I was going to buy an actual video game this week. Um, I I I wanted to go out and I wanted to pick up a copy of Forspoken, um, yeah. the new RPG from Square Enix, developed by the Final Fantasy Fifteen team. I've heard mixed things. I I have friends who have it who are who are talking quite positively about it. I've heard a lot of the the meh begid on Twitter like decreeing that the writing is terrible and everything else and I've also seen a lot of people defending the writing well, who it's actually not played the game. A traditional RPG is it? It's a, no, it's, it it's all real time action as far as I understand it. Yeah, um yeah. it is real time action. I mean uh, much in the vein of Final Fantasy 15. Mm. Um, Open world as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh and you are 
Oh, I just I want to get the tomb right. There there is a tomb for this within anime and manga um, of the the kind of protagonist that the main character of Forspoken is. Well, well, oh. you're a fe- female protagonist who is transported from the modern age into well this world into another more fantasy into a fantasy yeah world. but that that's, that, yeah. that is a whole genre yeah. of anime and I, well that's a like never-ending story yeah uh, y- that's yes like, that's like labyrinth yes it is but it's like <laughs> oh what the heck is the term for it it's so annoying um isekai there we go is what it's called it's like this oh no i was hit by a bus and therefore i was translated into another world and i have knowledge that people do not know in this world Um, quite effective aren't they those sort of stories i quite enjoy those yes they are um i quite liked (laughs) um that time i got reincarnated as a slime and some few other animes i've read in that vein I also just think it's a very, very repetitive style of telling a story and a very easy mm. way for you as an author to be like, oh, well, of course they knew this because we do this in our world. That's why they can do X, Y, Z. But uh, generally speaking, from what I've seen of it, it looks kind of fun. Yeah. I, and it's, I it's next-gen it only, isn't it? It's like it is, current yeah. gen, I say. It's not really next-gen, it's current gen. <laughs> it, it is a PlayStation 5 game, um, yes. and that excites me in itself. The only reason I haven't picked it up, actually, is because, as you know, Tom Parry, and listeners might not, it's kind of a bit difficult to get video games in Denmark. Um, it kind of was a bit of a pain in the ass before when GameStop was the only real game in town mm. for you to get stuff from. Um, and now the issue is that um, you can only really buy from some of the bigger electronics retailers who mm. will, you know, like Curry's and Dixon's in the UK, the equivalent yeah. of those over here being like yeah. El Giganten and Power. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, sometimes they just don't bother stocking a game. Or if they do, it'll be, like, three times more expensive than Amazon. Um, yeah, being Spoken's... a gamer in Denmark, it's, it's a bit of a challenge at times, isn't it? It is. It sucks. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I will preach the, the virtues of, like, the library systems here and, like, mm. the ability to make those games accessible to people. So you're going to wait till it's in the library? I mean, no, I want to buy it. But, like, it's like it's almost like 65 quid in El Giganten. And I'm like, no, fuck that noise. No, yeah. I've, I'm not interested to spend that amount of money on, on any game. No, um, I mean, like, it's also for a game I've heard, like, middling reviews about that I'm hey, not too sure. Hey, it's best you just forget about it for a while and then get it when it's cheap. There you go. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, also, just, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, there's a new Yakuza game out in less than a month at this point. I may as well just wait. I may as well yeah. just have a dabble with some, you know, some little games and then see what happens. Um, it, one it's not game. perhaps the one uh, game you need to buy on release. No, I mean, if if there's one game I'm going to spend, like, nearly 60 quid on to get, it's going to be One Piece, and I'll probably do that next week. Even though, you know, I've also heard midland reviews about One Piece Odyssey. I It's still One Piece, so it's fine. I saw Maybe some ad the other day on the internet. It was, like, one of the finest JRPGs of all time. No, I mean, that's a stretch. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it seems fine, but, like, I'm not, like, oh, man, the, the finest JRPGs of all time. Um... <laughs> What I what I have been playing is a game that I had been curious for since it was announced at a, I think it was a Sony event a couple of years ago, maybe last year, uh, called Voice of Cards. Um, mm, do you remember this one. game at all? No, no, I'm afraid I don't. Um, 
so so voice of cards is a game coming from square enix um developed by a studio called alim i think it is but essentially it is a, several of the staff that worked on both uh dragon guard and nia obviously headed ah, right. up by yoko taro hey, here's a um, quick fact for yeah. you you know nia isn't a, yeah. a word in the english dictionary really n-i-e-r that's not a word yeah well okay i thought i thought there was going to be more depth to that fact no okay. no that was it i tried to use it in scrabble the other day really oh, i didn't wow, know i didn't know what it meant Okay, you just were like, well, Yoko Taro must have clearly <laughs> borrowed it. I mean, I just assumed it was just a, you know, they were like, oh, well, we want to call this game Nia. We can't for copyright reasons because it's a generic word. Let's just change the spelling and pronunciation. There you go. Sorry, Matthew, to interrupt. Continue. That's all right. Um, so this voice of cards, um, the Isle... The Isle Dragon Roars, um, as, as I've said, it's a game headed up by Yoko Taro, Um has the same composer as Nia Kichi Okabe um, and the artist, which is um, Kimihoko Fujisaka, I think. Um, oh, look at me and my pulls. I'm scrolling down my Wikipedia page, and yes, I didn't butcher those names, and they're correct. Good. Um, I like Nia. Well, let our Japanese audience decide that. I mean, yeah, someone's going to go, actually, it's Fujisaka. I, d- I don't think um, we have a Japanese audience. <laughs> I, I, we might do, Tom. I mean, Let us know local. if you're a Japanese uh, speaker and you listen yeah, to rate, the podcast. Yeah, rate my awful, awful pronunciation, please, as someone who doesn't study Japanese actively anymore. Anyways, um, this game is, as you might imagine, it is a narrative-led adventure that uses cards, which is why it's called Voice of Cards. Essentially what it does is it takes the idea of like a and d game and sets it out as if you were dealing cards on a table and flipping cards over. But what that is essentially an interface for is you kind of having a and d like adventure that is narrative-driven and like narrated over with multiple choices, obviously, through cards, and then like a light JRPG battle system in between. Mm. I played the demo because I was like, oh, I've heard this. I, When it came out in October last year, I was like, I really want to play this. Yeah. But the reviews were pretty middling. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Since they've released another two games, which I believe... Oh, let me scroll down the Wikipedia page. This is, um, sorry, is it on the no. Switch or is it on other... Just the it Switch, is or? on the Switch, it is on the Xbox, uh, oh, PC, cool. and the PlayStation 4 and 5. Oh, right, so all the all the big ones. Yeah, it's, it's available, you know, wherever games are sold. Um, essentially, they've, they've released two games since called Voice of Cards, The Forspoken Maiden, Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden. I imagine, because this is a pretty cheap, obviously, thing to generate, because it's mainly VO, it's mainly static art. It feels it's, like it's it should It's actually be not on the Xbox. Oh, weird. It does say Microsoft Windows here, so I guess it's just on Steam then. Very yeah, Windows, PS4, Switch. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> interesting. Thank you, Tom Parry, for correcting me. Um, essentially what it is is just like, it, it feels like playing a game of D&D, but the combat is more like JRPG combat. So it is hmm. like my biggest problem whenever I play a an actual tabletop role-playing game is I find the storytelling aspect compelling, the narrative of like wandering around a town and improvising with your friends quite fun to do. 
I always find the combat in tabletop role-playing games as dull as dishwater because cool. it's like, oh, I've got to roll a dice. I'm going to move four to... And I'm just like... It always feels more intuitive to me within JRPGs of how you do combat where you select a spell, you attack, da-da-da. Yes, theatre of the mind, yes, etc., etc. But like... For me, there must be a more there must be a better way to make more engaging combat to make the the combat portions as fun as the explorative slash improvisational elements of storytelling mm. throughout tabletop role playing games. Wow, that was a sentence. It was. <laughs> this game kind of does that. Admittedly, because of the format and the way it's actually like made, it is kind of slow. There are bits where I'm like, okay, I wish I could just hold down up on the d-pad and move around this dungeon in a quicker way obviously like every time you move the cards flip over and everything else like, ah, this could be a bit streamlined mm. but all in all like i kind of like the vibe of it i mean it's got cool. music that feels very reminiscent of nia the artwork is gorgeous and the jrpg combat mechanics are kind of light and how would, how would they essentially get around combat is you have cards that are the moves the same way that you would go into a magic drop down menu in a Final Fantasy but you select a card to play and they have a cost based on this little treasure trove of gems you have on the side of the screen and so you have to think like right cool I've got three gems this turn I'm going to use one for my healer to heal my fighter I'm going to use one for my mage to then summon another gem and then I'm going to have my fighting character like do a really big sweepy attack that's going to attack everyone so it's it's got a layer of like, okay, I need to have a little bit of foreplan into this, but it doesn't seem like needlessly taxing in the way of something like a bravely default was at times where you're like, right, am I going to use three moves this turn and then not be able to attack for three? Like, it seems very like light in its gameplay aspects that hmm. are very appreciative to me. Like it. I'm sure as the game progresses, I'm sure in the actual retail version, there's a way to play a harder version of this game. Mm-hmm. But for now, from what, what I want from it, which is like a light bit of storytelling in a fantasy setting that I can dip in and out of, this is mm-hmm. definitely a game I think I'm going to pick up. I've really enjoyed the time, the hour or so I played the demo. And yeah, I would recommend, if this sounds like something you might be into, pick up the demo and give it a go. Demos are great. More games should have demos. More games should definitely have demos. I wanted a demo for Spoken, and apparently one came out in December, but I could not find it on the PlayStation Store. So hmm, That's very curious. It is. Uh, it could just be me not looking properly, but there definitely is one available for Steam, but obviously I haven't hmm. got a PC that can run that game. Right. More games well, I've, should I've, have demos, Tom. They, yeah, I totally agree. I've played... I, didn't like I said I was going to do complete Clonoa, I'm afraid. Uh, so sorry to disappoint listeners there. Um, it's okay. I didn't play it either. <laughs> but uh, I just haven't found the time this, this week. Uh, the time I did spend gaming, I had a quick go on Pac-Man World Repack, which I yeah. received in the post last week. Nice. Um, I had to get it from game again, and I bit frustrated about that because it costs five pounds to get anything delivered from game and it's yeah, not ideal that sucks. but <laughs> it's it's very good actually uh i can't remember the game very well from the original playstation version that well to be fair but this feels really good to play it doesn't feel like you're playing a ps1 game for instance not that ps1 games play bad or anything but um i think it's been adjusted slightly and the visuals are nice and it's a simple platform game in a sort of pseudo it's 2d 3d 
to a point. You know, yeah. you can move in and out of the scenery. Things sort of twist and turn round and in places. And it's it's a game for kids, of course, uh, but it's fun and colourful. And I do have a soft spot for Pac Man. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's I, one of those things about that, like, Pac Man. <laughs> I like the character a lot, and then any time I go to play a game that isn't like bare bones Pac Man, I'm like, oh, this isn't this isn't like top tier, but it's enjoyable. Yeah, course, even though I guess Pac-Man versus yeah, great Pac-Man game. Versus um, but uh, could, can I can I recommend if you like platform games, then I think this is definitely one. If you ever played it before, I think it's one to sort of you know. It's one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, and it was very popular back on the PS1. Um, I think it did very well there. And yeah, it should do well again. I don't know how well the game sold. I don't know if there's an audience sort of like really foaming at the mouth for more Pac-Man games. But yeah, I, I think I, Pac-Man I like is, one of, is one of those universal characters that people like still think of when yeah. they think of video games. They I think went Sonic, to... they think Mario, they think Pac-Man. Yeah. They don't think Klonoa, I... probably. No, I don't think so. I like, for example, we we have like at the gym I go to, there is gym equipment that is essentially you don't really need a trainer for. It's got like screens, mm. and so like you lift and you lower based on like the timing on the screen, which is kind of cool. And when the the guy who, admittedly, I don't think was much older than me, must be like mid to late thirties. Oh, who knows? Maybe he just goes to the gym. Maybe he's actually 16. He just looks incredible for his age. But anyway, he, I, to my knowledge, I don't think he was that much older. And I was doing the reps in time, just like staring at the screen. And obviously, through years of video games, I've developed somewhat of like good hand-eye coordination. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, I can see you play a lot of Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. And it's I was a just general like, video game term. Yeah, it's the general video game term for this, this German gentleman. And I was like, okay, yeah. No, this is still a reference that people still say. So, yeah, let's keep Pac-Man going <laughs> as long as let's we can. Keep, let's keep the Pac-Man dream alive, Tom. He's done pretty well so far. Uh, I've also played Full Metal Alchemist Dual Sym- Sympathy. Ooh, not to call it sym- Symphony Sympathy. So this is a DS game that tells the story of Full Metal Alchemist from the beginning, uh, in in the form of a side-scrolling beat 'em up with. A uh, bit of alchemy, of course. Okay, cool. So the the touch screen is used to activate. Um, it seems to be one of two at this point in the game. Um, let's call them spells, but <laughs> you know. yeah. Um, you've got you can build a wall in front of you. It's something you can use it to protect yourself, but you can also use that as a platform to jump over certain obstacles. Or there's a cannon which is, you know, a more powerful way of defeating the enemies than the standard uh, punch and kick. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice 2D graphics. Uh, the characters look good, it rendered like that. And, yeah, it, it makes an effort to follow the storyline with cut scenes, uh, animated a little in places, but it's mostly still images. It's a little bit, bit, little bit of animation here and there. Yeah. And it's pretty solid. It's nothing amazing, I wouldn't say. Uh, but if you if you want something a two D beat 'em up style game that follows the story of Fullmetal Alchemist, this is done rather well, I would say. Okay, good. I might yeah. look that up. I've, yeah. I, you know me, right? Like, admittedly, even though I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy the game because it's One Piece, I do 
I often find myself in search of a video game that has a true to, like, my want from that anime video mm. gaming experience. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's a lot of fighting games and everything else. And I've been watching, as I mentioned last week on the podcast, uh, Tokyo Revengers. And yeah. it would be, like, the perfect series for a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Mm. And there doesn't seem to be one. There's one on the Google Play Store, which is called Tokyo Revengers 3D Street Game, but I don't think it's an official release because it's on the. App. It's only on the Google Play Store. It isn't anywhere else. I yeah. can't seem to find one. And yeah. to be honest with you, because it's clearly made for mobile phones, it doesn't look very good anyway. No, no. But like, it is. I just I I I wish that you know through the powers of manifesting it. Maybe I can do it here, Tom. Maybe if I just say it enough on this podcast, maybe I'll manifest it into creation. I just want someone yeah. to take like River City Ransom and just put Tokyo Avengers characters in it. Just do that for me. Just make like a Crash in the Boys game yeah. where you are the Tokyo Avengers people. Hmm. That would be great. We're that, putting like, it out it is... there. Anyone, yeah. any game developers listening to this wants I mean, to do that. I mean, I'm, Matt I'm d- will play it. I'm not even talking to our audience, Tom Parry. I'm just, you know, by by vocalising that want, I'm hoping somehow I manifest it. You're, mati- you're manifesting it. I mean, Disney um, just bought the second series of the anime for exclusive streaming rights. So, like, big. hopefully it'll get a little bit bigger. I mean, the manga has ended, but the anime is still mm. ongoing. So I hold out mm. hope that someone will hear my mm. cries and go like, yes, here you go, Matt Boyle. Here's something for you. I don't know if it picked up or not. There were some wind chimes in the background there. I'm not in Tibet, just to let you know. I'm not, you know, in some sort of uh, retreat. <laughs> Though you are finding yourself through the medium of video games. So it's yes, okay. I, absolutely. Um, I also picked up another former Alchemist game because it's a fighting game for PS2. It is yeah. called uh, Dream Carnival. And it's a Smash Brothers style um, fighting game. Okay. Uh, with up to well, I think it's probably four players. It could be more, but it's more than likely four. Uh, looks pretty good. Um, I'm not looking to getting any of the role playing games uh, for Former Alchemist, or the story driven ones at least, because they're only released in Japan, to my knowledge. Uh, could be a mistake on that. There might be had a couple might have had US releases. I know um, there was also a game on the PSP based on the Brotherhood anime. Um, and I think that's a fighting game, but sadly that's I one of the more so. more expensive ones for the PSP. So if I find it cheap, I might might just pick it up. But Can as I'm heavily into, hmm? is it not on the PlayStation Store for the PSP? Maybe. Yeah, it's worth I looking. I it's a long shot yeah. with licensed games, but maybe that's a way to get it at a relatively I, affordable yeah, rate. Yeah, I, I can always check that out. But yeah, I've been enjoying the manga very much, so I'm very into that world. I thought, you know, as you do, you uh, start to look into what, what games are available. And it, interestingly, on, on every um, copy of every volume of the manga, it always says uh, the, the original manga of the hit anime and video game series. Yeah. So <laughs> it really... Um, yeah, uh, going out there and making a point that the, it's it's a video game series also. So yeah, so that's really what I've been playing. But other than a bit of Fortnite, which I have to say, I think the new map's not quite as interesting as the old map. And I don't know if I've just like uh, played too much Fortnite lately, but I'm not as involved in it. I'm not that into playing it currently. I will I... every now and again, but I've not. It's not grabbed me like it has has done. 
So I have tried to play a couple of rounds of Fortnite this week. Mm. I've literally like reset my router. I've tried to position it better so it'll repeat to the thing. I think yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to get cable because like I never had this issue before Christmas for some reason. Mm. Either like they've nerfed my connection, or it's a shame. I don't know what the hell's happened. But like I can I can get down to the final ten relatively easily still. Admittedly, there is a degree of me going like, oh god, I hope they're running this way and me firing into that space and then killing them that way. But like that's not what you need at the end of that game you need like precision aiming and stuff and like you mm. can't just spray and pray to kill someone mm. and get a victory mm. royale True. so it, yeah. it sucks and it's really demotivating because like nine times out of ten i'm like i had a better gun than you if this was normal circumstances you would be absolutely murked because i saw you before but i yeah. couldn't shoot you because i couldn't i only saw you at like two frames a second yeah yeah, it's really it's really shit. Oh, it's really demotivating. That. Yeah, that's, that is and it sucks because like a lot of the characters that I see in the battle pass this time actually look quite cool. I would love yeah. the Doomslayer, but I just I can't bring myself to play it when this is happening. I think I'm level seventy six ish. On I'm not even Fortnite. anywhere near that. I think I'm only twenty this battle yeah. pass. So and at this point, I'm just feeling a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, what would you call it? Fatigued. fatigued. Yeah, yeah, fatigued by, by, by Fortnite. Uh, that could change again, but yeah, I don't feel the urge to, at this point, I've got the Doomslayer, I've got some other cool characters. I think the final one is a, a knight um, yeah. in this battle path. Yeah, who uh, seems like it's setting him up to be perhaps the the antagonist of this series if you've yeah. been doing any of the quests. Yeah, it's the so. guy you fight at uh, one of the locations. Yeah, yeah. Um, still like Fortnite, but yes, yeah, so they're dropping off it a little bit. We'll see whatever they can throw into the game next to 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 get me to really get invested in it again. I'm sure there'll be some cool stuff. I'm just a little bit gutted that I missed the My Hero Academia event. Like I've used Deku. We're Smash still kind of going on. Deku yeah, Smash but I want. I would have. I would have loved to have buy a Deku skin, and yeah. I, I can't do that now. It's off the store. It's I'll always, be back for Dragon Ball. It's always the same back. with me in Fortnite. Like they finally release a skin I actually want, and then I don't bloody buy it. Oh no, that that that'll come back because the Dragon Ball ones came back very briefly recently. Yeah, um, the Naruto ones always... keep popping up as well, so I'm just keeping an eye yeah. on Kotaku to see if they say, "Hey, they're on sale again." I'm Man, holding I want... out for One Piece. <sighs> holding um... out, I'm holding out for that blanker, and I'm holding out for them to finally do One Piece. If they do One Piece, I'll buy everything. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> help myself. <laughs> Who's your dream? Like they usually about three characters, don't they? Who do you think I... they do? I would imagine it's probably going to be Luffy, Ace, Nami, and Robin the first time. As much as I would, well, I would have absolutely... four characters. They do. I they do four. Yeah, I mean they okay. did with they did with um. They did, didn't they, it? with Full yeah, Metal? With... Uh, not Full Metal, <laughs> My Hero with Dragon Ball and uh, Naruto. Yeah, four, sorry, yeah. It is four. Yeah. Um, and then they released a second series. Like, I would love them to do Luffy, Zoro, Nami and Sanji, but I think they will do... Or may... Actually, tell you what they will probably do. Maybe they'll do Chopper instead, but I don't know how Chopper would work. I guess he'd be on a mech they'd, or something. Yeah. Or in his deer form. Yeah, just and that's don't. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not as appealing. Oh, just... God. Actually, Tom Parry, sorry sorry to take us off on a One Piece tangent. Um, I saw that you can buy... You know, like you can get Gunpla, like Gundam yeah. kits. Yeah. You can buy One Piece kits, and they're essentially like Chopper in tiny robots. And then... Wow. Get this right. 
every series of them if you buy all like four or five things you can combine them into a bigger chopper robot and i i i adore this idea i'm gonna have to investigate shipping some stuff from amazon.jp even though i'm trying not to because you know it's it, so you it want seems a, you, a bit you want a big chopper i would i would love a big chopper <laughs> I, there we I go you love, said it I would love, I would love to, you know, take some tiny choppers and put them into a big chopper. That would be great. Well, I hope your dream can become a reality. Maybe one day, Tom. Maybe one day. Ah, oh, okay. Um, that's it for me. Actually, yeah, I haven't really been playing a lot more this week. As far as I can recall, that's it from me as well. I was going to maybe talk about. Yeah, I think I've talked about everything. The games I've picked up. Uh, oh, I picked up Teleaddicts for the Wii with Noel Edmonds. There you go. Why? We'll end it on was, that. We'll end it, it like, on that one. Was it like twenty pence and charity? Oh, it was a couple of quid. Um, I watched someone play it. I watched someone play it on YouTube, and uh, it's actually quite quite good for a you know it's a DVD game basically. Yeah. But you know I like telly. Uh, the good questions. I thought this might be a fun multiplayer thing, but it's there's only actually... two player, sadly. <laughs> did you do you see that? There's uh, they've just released a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game. Wow. Well, it's still That's... a thing. I was looking at the demos and I was like, "Wow, that seems." A and now it's this the with um, what's his face? Well, I have no idea. I assume this probably Clarkson. running. Mul- no, I assume it's running in multiple countries at multiple times. So I hope if okay. it's got Jeremy Clarkson in it, I'm not going to even download the demo. But like, if it doesn't, if it's just generic, like who wants to be a millionaire? Like I imagine it is. Then maybe I'll give it a go. That could be fun. Well, I, I think these are fine because they're good games. They're good quiz shows. It's like I've never played the Deal or No Deal game, but I imagine that could be quite interesting. Um, I imagine so, but I imagine like the issue with playing Deal or No Deal would be the same as playing um, that beer brewing simulator that I was playing. Mm. In that, you know, you could get to the end of it and like you don't actually win any real money, so it's kind of pointless. I went like we used to in the in the pub we used to go to when I was a student. There was a Deal or No Deal machine that we always used to play, and that was fun because then you're actually like gambling you might for real money. money. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, if I do play that, I'll let you know. But okay. um, well, you can hear my verdict on uh, Telly Addicts next time. Good. I look forward to it. And maybe I'll play that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire thing and go, it's got Jeremy Clarkson in it. Hey, Don't we bother. could do a, a quiz show spe- special. Maybe we could. I can get if the we've pull. got enough quiz show games. I don't think you have. To I mean, there are, there are tons of them, Tom. I can I can crack out a Commodore sixty four and wait seven hours for the Bullseye game for that console. <laughs> Lord, I bought that weirdly, right? So that was like my my parents' fondest memory was playing that Bullseye Commodore sixty four game. I think it's the only video game they've ever both actively gotten into. Wow. And so they they made a DVD game version of it at one point, and I bought it for them, yeah. and it was a hit at Christmas. Oh great! Like, yeah. yeah, you know think, there is a bullseye game on the Switch. I was going to say yeah, someone linked <laughs> me it the other day. Well, there you go. That, that's maybe your next purchase, mate. Um. <laughs> oh bully! Right, okay, cool. It's been um, a pleasure. It has. Um, thank you for listening, Tom. Thank you for podding with me, Mister Parry. Um, it, that should have been thank you for listening dear listeners thank you for this uh, podcasting with me mr parry but uh, as you can tell my brain <laughs> well, is broken i haven't been mind. able to find the words myself this week so i fully empathize it's with you i don't know what it is words. um okay right before i get into boyzone is it boyzone and words are all i uh-huh. have isn't that originally a bg song it might but be. it was covered by boyzone 
Um, it's you are correct. It is um, by yeah. the Bee Gees originally, and then yeah. covered by Boyzone. I just love Ronan Keating's lilt. Um, anyways, before I get into confessing my love for another artist on top of Prince, that would be um, a great name for the podcast, Ronan Keating's lilt. I mean, but um, I'm I'm sure it's probably a little bit obscure for what we talked about. I, I mean, yes, it, yes, it is. Also, like it would be a bit of a pain in the ass. You'd do a thumbnail of the. No, well, well, I could slap it. a picture of. I was going to say Rowan Atkinson. Then uh, that wouldn't make I mean, sense. That, that would be better, wouldn't it? <laughs> Rowan Atkinson's lilt is probably. <laughs> um, anyways, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Attack, on Twitter at TMA Cast, at Game Boy for me at Tom Perry Eleven for him. We are on. On a variety of websites also, such as tomamatattack.com forward slash podcast. We are on blastprocess.com. We're also on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening. Tom, it's been a pleasure. As you can tell, my communication skills are severely lacking right now. So I'm going to say, as I do at the end of every podcast, thank you for partying with me. And be sure, everybody, to game on. Game on. <laughs>